Welcome, everybody, to Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster, here today with another episode. Uh, guys, stay in prayer, uh, stay safe, wear a mask, try and help slow the spread of COVID-19. Verse of the day comes from Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And this plays right into what we are talking about today. So you see the podcast starting to turn back to discussing uh, Mormonism. And I just got off the call, like uh, two minutes ago, just got off a call with some missionaries. And I wanted it still fresh on my memory when I discussed this. So it's Sunday when I'm recording this. This is coming out Wednesday, obviously. Um, so they point out this verse to me to prove that their prophet is the right prophet, that there needs to be a modern-day prophet to guide us in faith, to, to guide us in our spiritual knowledge. This is a point that they make. So they take out biblical verses from the Old Testament to try and justify their position. Now, let's take this at face value. Let's pretend that they have a point here. How does this prove that Russell M. Nelson and the other prophets were prophets? It has nothing to do with them being prophets themselves. It has everything to do with them trying to build their case. But they don't. They have no actual proof for their prophets being uh, the, the one true prophet. No proof. They, they base it off of... Uh, uh, off of um, spiritual aspects. They, 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 they want to base it off of feelings. They invited another missionary to the Zoom call. And I said, okay, before you try and convince me that the Book of Mormon is true, just know how I see things. I need a basis for my faith. I need a basis of evidence for me to believe that this book is true. I said, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you evidence. The evidence is is that feeling when when you open the Book of Mormon and you read it, you have a good feeling. And he asked me this question. It was a very strange question. When you talk to the missionaries, when they make a point, do you have a good feeling? And I said, well, I have the same feeling that I have in every other conversation because that's true. That's what I feel. And it struck him. He's like, well, personally, I have a feeling whenever I talk to missionaries or read the Book of Mormon, or have conversations about God. And whenever I have personal conversations like this with people, especially the missionaries, I remain calm and respectful, unlike what you see on this podcast, because I am talking directly to you, the audience, and I am just usually vent ventilating my thoughts on this. So I, I didn't pressure him on this, but I'm going to give you my feelings on this. There is a brilliant quote from many of you know may know this political commentator Ben Shapiro called "Facts don't care about your feelings." He said this to Zoe Tur, who's a a transgender woman on the on this show a number of years ago. Facts don't care about your feelings. The fact of the matter is that the, is that there is simply no z zero archaeological or historical evidence for the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon claims that Jesus came over to the Americas and did what he did over in ancient Israel. He came over to the Americas to talk to the descendants of Israelites and establish a church here. Well, brothers and sisters, where did this church end up? Well, the Book of Mormon is very genius for this. Joseph Smith is very genius for this. 
They simply just disappeared. Woo. Magic. They simply just disappeared. Okay. So there were Native Americans. If we are to believe the scientists and the historians, there were Native Americans before um, before the Book of Mormon people came. The people in the Book of Mormon came over to the Americas. Well before they came over to the Americas. Tens of thousands of years before. All right. The Book of Mormon claims these are the people that uh, were the ancestors of the Native Americans. So who's right? The people with the archaeology, the people with the science, the people with the genetics? Or a 14-year-old from the 1830s? I'll let y'all answer that question. Which one makes sense? Which one makes sense? Truth cannot be based on subjective feelings alone. Notice, if you ever talk to a dedicated member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they all spew out the same exact thing. You know why? Because it has been deeply encoded in their every thought, in their every move, and this is why people consider it a cult. They repeat the same crap. They spew out the same beliefs, the same the, the, the same uh, origin of them coming to those beliefs. Same thing. It is always the same thing. Never anything different. There's never diversity in thought. There's no one that interprets the scripture differently. They all somehow come to the same conclusion. They all somehow read the scriptures the exact same. You know why? Because they are controlled by the commanding officer of the LDS church, Russell M. Nelson, and the prophets before him. All controlled. By the same people, the same thoughts and ideas, the same basic ideology. And that basic ideology, folks, to any former missionaries that are listening to this, I know the current missionaries can't listen to this podcast, nor should they, because they would be convinced otherwise. You will not convince me with your strategy. You simply won't. It's not good enough. Feelings. I don't care if I have the greatest feeling of my life talking to missionaries. That cannot convince me. Because it is simply too out of the line with science and archaeology and reality even for me to believe it. It is simply too hard to believe. Why is it that... All the scientists of the world, all the archaeologists of the world are somehow wrong, but your one prophet was right. Well, yeah, you could say he was of God and the archaeologists and scientists weren't of God. Okay, what makes Joseph Smith a part of God? What makes him of God? Was it the polygamy, him having a wife that was, I believe, 14 years old, his youngest one? Was it that? Was it lying to his wife, Emma, about his 20-plus wives? Was it not? Was it him murdering two people, which ultimately led to his death at the jail that he was supposedly martyred at, according to the LDS Church? Was it not? What prophecy do your prophets give, LDS brothers and sisters, 
Have you ever heard of prophecy? No, you hear declarations, you hear rules, you hear regulations from up top during your general conferences. That's not a prophet. That's a dictator. That's a dictator of your very way of life, of your very church, of your very understanding about how the world works. You have been deluded. You have been tricked. You have been convinced of something that is not real. And you must break out of this cycle of delusion. We will be right back. Thank you for listening to this episode of Common Sense Christianity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Go check out our YouTube channel. Go check out our website, cscpodcast.org, and enjoy the rest of the episode. God bless you guys. Welcome back to Common Sense Christianity. I did a video on my Instagram, at Common Sense Christianity. Go follow us there. About the LGBTQ community and Y'all know me. I'm very open and honest about my positions, about my feelings, about my beliefs. And one person from my school wrote this comment. I'm not debating you on this, but I would just like to say that when you said nobody should have the other people's beliefs forced upon them, you later said within that first minute of your video, how can I as a Christian force my beliefs on others? Well... Guys, clearly she misunderstood uh, what I was getting to in that particular context. I was saying that Christians shouldn't force their beliefs on others because it is particularly anti-Christian to do so. She continues on, that is being blatantly hypocritical. No, it's not, you buffoon. Another thing is you believe in traditional marriage and believe that gay marriage should be criminalized. Okay, see, this, this is what bothers me with people. They don't listen. They watch the video and then come to their own conclusions, not based on what they said. They take, um, based on what I said, I should say. They take certain words out of context. I believe in traditional marriage in terms of me, me as a religious person. I believe that traditional marriage is natural, not from a legal standpoint. I say in that video, homosexuality should be legal. Being transgender should be legal. I mean, I don't get where, where people get this BS. She continues on, then you go on to say that you shouldn't discriminate against others. However, that's exactly what you're doing. I think you should really reflect on the disrespectful things you say, not use your religion as a way to justify being homophobic slash transphobic. I replied to her, and of course, uh, she doesn't respond because she she knows I'm right on it. She She's just coming up with crap to say. In order to, I don't even know. I don't get why people do this. They just want to start a fight. They want to start an argument. Uh, I, I don't get it at all. Really. She doesn't listen to the video. Clearly, she didn't watch the whole thing. She is probably too unreasonable and too closed-minded to do so. Maybe I'm wrong. But she she doesn't listen to any of my positions. And then, she knows she's wrong, so she says, I'm not going to debate you on this. Because she's wrong. But she doesn't want to state so. The only way you can be considered not homophobic or not transphobic is given completely to their ideology. The ideology that biology simply doesn't exist. Biology, science, isn't real. 
These people claim to be pro-science, but then totally ignore it with their gender theory. It's, it's really pathetic how people start arguments like this. I give my position, since it has been a big topic for a while. I state my position very clearly. I openly invite anyone with disagreements come on this podcast. You can go on my Instagram. You can have a discussion on live stream, or we can go on YouTube, either or. And we can have a discussion about it. But see, they don't want to do that. They don't like conversations. This is called mob rule. What they do is they try and close uh, subjective thinking. Uh, They try and close different positions and label them as something in order to not hear from it. I have particular positions about race issues on this country. Well, they can't call me racist because I... uh, Obviously, I'm African-American. So instead, they use me being a race traitor. And if that doesn't work, they use something else, some other terms. Because these terms, they try and label you as to make your position obsolete. And this is something we see growing in today's culture. You see from the right, if they are having a discussion with the liberal, oh, you're, you're a socialist. Wipes out their position. It... Can, it uh, it takes away any reasonable thought and discussion uh, that could take place in an argument. And likewise, uh, if you're on the left, a lot of times people say to the right, oh, you're, you're just far right. You're, you're alt-right. You're white supremacist. It immediately wipes away their position in any uh, opening for reasonable discussion and arguments. And they do this on purpose. People do this on purpose because they don't want any challenges to their presupposed beliefs or how they were raised. They just wipe it away. And we've all done this from one extent to another. But we have to be open-minded and admit that we do this and try and keep ourselves from doing it. And that's really the problem here. It shows the problem with the modern-day culture of people not being open-minded and if I don't completely give in to a particular ideological position, then I'm the problem. I'm homophobic. I'm transphobic. And that is a severe problem in today's modern culture. It's very concerning. It's very concerning. Because how are we going to ever advance as a society if there's no uh, open discussion? How are we going to ever grow in in thinking, in beliefs, in, in just everyday life, if we cannot be open about discussions. Now, a friend of mine who's been on the podcast, Aubrey, said, I wouldn't say you're homophobic. You are further in thinking compared to Mormonism or other Christian people. Uh, but that tell you to either reject ideas of LGBTQ and shut them out like the person and hate who they are. But it is important to remember that the LGBTQ has been fighting for the same rights as uh, Stragans for thousands of years. And those are rights were, were being we are humans that deserve respect, love to love, to exist, and live without fear of being harmed. Most people I know say we love the people, don't support their ideas, which is basically as saying they don't deserve basic rights. If that makes sense, I would say you don't support it can be considered homophobic. Okay, 
So again, this is a clear misunderstanding of what I am saying. Saying you don't support someone's belief system is not saying that they don't deserve rights. That is a complete wordplay right there. And Omri and I are good friends, so I don't think she's doing it on purpose. I think she is misunderstanding what I'm saying. Um, I think that if we had better communication, we would avoid this problem. I don't support in terms of you being a homosexual. I, I can't religiously support. If you were to walk up into my church and demand that I marry you and your homosexual couple, I can't do it. I can't from a religious standpoint. I'm going to treat you equally as any straight couple. In terms of friendships, in terms of, of relationships, in, the, in those basic terms. When it, when it comes to me and my religious practices, which I keep personal to me, I do not discriminate based on that. Uh, then I, I should be allowed to have my own beliefs, as you should be allowed to love whoever you want to love. And this is the mainstream Christian position nowadays. At least I hope so. Do what you want. You're invited to come into my church. You're invited to worship with me. You're invited to uh, come to Bible study and give your input on what you think the Bible is. And I replied, I support your right to do whatever the hell you want. It's like if I'm a Republican, you may support the... Uh, you may support my right to be one, but you may not support the policies that I support. She says, I mean, yes, I know. I don't think it's a great idea to compare human, human rights and politics. She totally misses what I uh, said here. Respond, it's just an example to better understand how I think about subjects like these. No reply to that. If we are ever to move along in our society in a proper way, we must stop labeling people. Uh, of things that is not necessarily attributed to them. We have to stop that. Because if we continue, we will not move forward. We will just continue to be divided. Why do you think we have such a big divide today? And it's ever more present within our politics and culture. Because we label people, of which may not be their true label, may not represent what they actually believe. And I mean, you can label me whatever the heck I want. I don't care. But back it up with something. And I'm mostly relating this to the first comment that I discussed on this show. You have to back it up with something and not take my words out of context. If you actually say what I actually said and represent what I actually believe and come to that conclusion, well, okay, that, that's just your opinion. But don't represent what I say. Don't represent what I believe. Because that can personally affect me. People will, will come up to me in school and say, hey, Ethan, why, why do you believe this? I don't believe that. Where did you hear that? Well, so-and-so said so. Said you hate gay people. You don't support their rights. I never said that. I don't hate anyone. I support everyone's right to do whatever they want as long as as it does not personally affect or harm anyone else. That's how I view with homosexuality. If you want to be gay, be gay. If you want to uh, identify with a different gender, go ahead. 
can't change change biology. In reality, you're not the opposite gender that you claim to be. But it's your choice. It's your choice. But we cannot back down from our true beliefs. If we back down from our true beliefs, then the mob will consume us. Okay, so you back down from your stance on traditional marriage. Well, back down from this stance, this stance, and this stance. Or how do you justify what the Bible says? The Bible is very clear about marriage. It's very clear that marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, not everyone believes the Bible, so you cannot legislate that. You cannot put that into practice. America is a beautiful place because we have the right to do whatever makes us happy. Whether um, whether or not it is right or wrong according to, to biblical texts. That is why the separation of church and state is so important and so meaningful. And that is a beautiful thing that God has gave us the ability to do, as well as a harmful way, is free will. God doesn't want us to be constrained to his to what uh, is morally right in his eyes. He said, you either choose me or you choose whatever you want. And with that choice, we rejected God and we went out into the world and corrupted it. We corrupted this beautiful world that God created. And because of that, we are facing these repercussions of suffering, of disease, of starvation, a multitude of other horrible things. We caused that. And Christ gave us an opportunity to get out of that. You must come to him. You must come unto Christ. This is why our work is so important. It is so meaningful. Because if we don't do that, then simply many people will not be saved. Many people will continue down their path of rejection of God that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. The same ideological beliefs of the grandparents and then the parents and then the children that will be passed down to the children's children and so on and so forth. They pass down the same ideology, sinful ideology. What Christianity really is about it is based on the premise that Christ died for our sins and that if we accept him, we are saved. And then you build your, uh, your understanding of the theology of that purpose off of that. So when you allow this free thinking in the church, then you will allow growth. You will allow transformation. You will allow adaptation. As long as you base it on the same premise that God has given us and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. And this is something we must focus on. We must focus on this. We must build off of this. Stop being so subjected to the ideological beliefs of our pastors, of our priests, of the generations before us, or the ideological beliefs of society, of the culture, of our political spectrum. We have to focus on the Bible and the Bible alone and let the Holy Spirit do its work. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Common Sense Christianity. Uh, 
Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, our Instagram account to get as much content as you content uh, 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 as you can get. Um, sorry, guys, I sound a bit tired today. I don't know why. L- lately, I've just felt just worn out. I don't know why. Maybe just because school is starting next week. Uh, visit our website, cscpodcast.org. And until next time, I'm Ethan Foster here with Common Sense Christianity. You just listened to an episode of Common Sense Christianity. I'm your host, Ethan Foster, as always. And we love doing this for you guys. Please share the podcast with your friends and family if you like it. And frankly, even if you don't, uh, subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review so that more people can hear the word of God. And until next time, God bless you.